Amen. Let's come and take our seats. Praise God. My water gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to honor our dear, our special friends this morning who are visiting us from Sydney. Slept in our home last night. We had a Holy Ghost night together. We did do a little bit of karaoke singing because that's part of our culture. And uh, I taped these two singing to each other shallow because uh, we're trying to reintroduce their, their uh, romance in their lives. And as you do to faithful friends. But stand up, Pastor Tim and Kiralee Lowe from God in the City. Amazing people, carry a strong anointing, and they're on their uh, three-month sabbatical. So um, where do they choose to come to church? (laughs) Is there anywhere else? God in the city. Yeah. And I think we've got another visitor from God in the city, haven't we, here this morning? Welcome. It's so good. you know, I, you know, I think it's so important to stay with the now word of God, isn't it? It's so important to be tracking with God. I mean, how many years have we all sat in church and it's just we're preaching in series and it's all good stuff and maybe practical stuff, but to actually hear what is God saying and what is God presenting to us in a fresh new year? Because to start a year without vision, the Bible says that people without vision perish or they dwell aimlessly. Do you mean, oh, okay, 23, let's step into it, right, okay. Well, I guess it's going to be, I hope it's going to be better than the last three years anyway. Do you know, and we kind of step into 23 holding our breath, going, oh my gosh, you know, will they shut us down again? Is there another variant? Is there, you know, what's going to happen? You know, are they going to shut the church down because religious freedom is being shut down? Uh, you know, is, 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 is gender identity going to take over and we're all going to become a different sex? I don't know. But um, it gets very confusing. And that's why it's very important for the people of God to be in tune with the voice of God. And the Jewish people knew how to do this. Because God kind of set it in place with the Jewish people. He set times and seasons and festivals and and celebrations where the people would literally stop. I mean, we were in Israel not so long ago. It's a long time ago now. But, you know, on the Sabbath, nothing. I mean, just nothing. I mean, everybody, they just stop. And so he sets these times and seasons in place with the Jewish people for two reasons, because he wants to let them stop and remember their relationship with him. And then he wants them to stop so that out of relationship, he can bring them revelation for their lives. And so he would bring prophetic revelation. Now, the Jewish people, uh, they run by the Hebraic calendar. And you go, what are you talking about all this for, Julie? I'm telling you, listen, because there are keys here for us, because this is how God set things up. And when God sets things up, you need to listen. Amen? Whether you're a Jew, Gentile, or whatever you are. 
because it's God's ways. Amen? You know, the Israelites knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. And we need to understand more than ever in this day that we live in, we need to understand the ways of God. And we need to hear the voice of God. And we need to be so in tune ourselves, not just waiting for Sunday to come around, although it's fantastic when you hear the word of God from your local preacher or whoever it is you hear it from. But really hearing God yourself, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, because God is speaking to his people right now, and he's speaking clearly. And if we'll just have ears to hear, you're going to hear that God is drawing you into relationship so that he can give you revelation, because he knows the appointed and sacred times that we live in. Amen? Does he know the beginning from the end? Does he know what's going to happen in 23 before we do? Oh, we better listen to him then, I think. I think we better tune in, tune in and uh, let's hear God. Amen. And so the Hebraic calendar is really depicted according to the moon. And our calendar is according to the sun. Okay. But in the Hebraic calendar, there are prophetic things that we need to look at to understand what God is saying, because in every fresh new year, God will spell out to his people what he's about to do or what's going to happen on the earth. If we listen, there are keys here, right? I just want to bring you keys this morning, not a theological debate about what calendar we should watch. But you definitely, definitely need to hear what God is saying and the keys that he's given us in his word and in his ways. So the Hebraic year right now is 5783. So on the 25th of September, which was my birthday, by the way, I think God chose that purposely um, because it just felt like a real special year for me. It started in September, 25th of September, the Hebraic New Year started and God began to draw his people to himself in that season where he began to bring them into relationship and revelation. But every... Now, every number within the Hebraic calendar, 5, 7, 8, 3, every number has a letter that is attached to that, and it usually spells out a prophetic message. So this isn't numerology. We know everything gets stolen from the church and from God. It all has its basis in God. Amen? So we see in Genesis 1.14, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, okay, so moon and sun, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, days, and years. You know, we would call that a moed time, a divine appointed time a sacred time. So God wants to reveal to his people what sacred, moed, divine appointment he has for them in this year. Is that good? So when we come to this time of year, we pause and we ask the question, what mark or what emphasis has God put on this year, 5783, or for us, 2023? Amen? Amen. So, 
Each number I said has a corresponding letter. And 5, 7, 8, 3, when you break it down, the inter- in fact, the, the year is the Gimel year, and the, and the letter for Gimel is actually shaped like someone going somewhere on a journey, running towards something. Amen? But the Gimel is also the symbol of the camel. And this declaration that God is making to us, and it may seem strange to you right now, but I'm going to explain it and unpack it, okay? May it be the year of the sound of the declaration of the camels. In other words, the camels are coming. The camels are coming. Now, some of you are getting the prophetic unction of this, but I'm going to carry on. So, There's a purpose, there's a theme, and there's a focus of every year in God. The purpose of this year, get this, is the Father's provision for your destiny. The camels are coming. The theme of this year is of provision with purpose. In other words, God wants to bless you, but it has a purpose attached to it. Amen? And number three, the focus of this year is to run towards the hopeless and awaken hope. Amen? You got those three? Soaking those in? Amen. Good. So we see in the word of God, talking about camels, that Abraham's servant, we're talking about in Genesis 24, Abraham's servant was sent by Abraham to find Isaac a wife. It was a prophetic sending by the father. Amen? And when he went to find this wife, he loaded up camels with gifts and provision and you know, just loaded them up with treasures. Because when he found this wife for Isaac, he was ready with the provision for her destiny. Camels are coming. Amen? It says in Genesis 24.10, Then the servant left, taking with him ten of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of goods from his master. And I want to say it again. The gifts to Rebekah signified the provision for her destiny. Amen? And on returning with the wife, and we know that there was a, was a prophetic thing that happened, you know, he was drawing water and he says, you know, whenever this person, this woman comes and if she draws water for me and she draws water for my camels, then I know that that will be her. If she draws water for my camels, if she, if she sows into the provision, if she's ready to receive the provision, if she's ready to feed the provision of God for her life, then I'll know she's the one. She's the woman of destiny. Amen? Amen? So all of us have a destiny in our lives that has been unfolding since before you were formed in your mother's womb. Amen? And in the last three years, the enemy has been very hard at work trying to steal that destiny. Everyone say amen. Amen. Who's been sick? Who's been broke? Whose kids have gone off the rails? 
Who's lost their passion? Who's got dull in the spirit? Huh? There's been a lot of stealing going on. There's been a lot of destruction going on. And God knew exactly what he was doing. So how else does he bring us to our knees? How else does he bring us to a space where we're ready to receive the destiny? Where we'll recognize that when the camels come. Where we'll come out of our tent and we'll be at the divine appointed place and time for when the camels come. How else does he get our attention? How else does he get the attention of the world? Except that, they, that, that he allows suffering, that he allows things. My, he calls, he, you know, my mother used to say, oh God, I've been praying for years and years for my children. She would pray every day. She was like you, Kira. She's just an intercessor. She just prayed every day, every day, every day. We all got into heaven by grandma's prayers. You know what I mean? And she prayed every day. And she'd pray, I've prayed for these children and they're not coming to you, Lord. What is going on? And he says to her this, stop fixing my fixes. I fix them so they'll get on their knees and you go fix their fix. You fix my fix. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes it can be so distressing. Like, what are you doing, God? It all looks a mess. Like, how are we going to rein this one in? How are we going to, you know? And he's going, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm fixing some people with some fixes. So they come to me, amen. But in the midst of God, in the midst of God, setting up people for the massive, the, the, greatest, the greatest harvest of souls we've ever seen in the world, they're already getting ready. They're already starting to get hungry. They're already asking questions. They're already looking at us to see what we have. You know, I shared a few weeks ago, my brother-in-law rang up over Christmas, he never calls me. My sister died nearly 10 years ago now. And since then, there's sort of been a bit of a divide, you know, because he's hurting, he's in pain. And he doesn't just ring me up to say hello, but he rings me up. Okay, he'd had a few drinks, but we can get through that, can't we? You know what I'm saying? I've actually preached to people and they've gotten straight and go, what did you do to my highs? Like, you know, the Holy Spirit is here. He's the spirit above all spirits. He demolishes that spirit so he can talk to you. Do you know what I mean? And so my brother-in-law, he rings up and um, he's just gabbering away and jabbering. I'm thinking, why is he calling up? Why is he calling up? And he goes, Julie, I've got a couple of questions for you. You don't have to answer them. It's all good. Now, you're talking about 40 years I've been in a relationship with this man and I have never been allowed to share Jesus with him. I've never had an opportunity to share my testimony, ever, in 40 years. And I love this man. He's my brother. And I've tried. I've waited for opportunities, divine appointments. 40 years later, phone call comes. And he goes, just tell me two things, Julie. What is this life that you live? And what do you get out of it? He didn't want to mention God because he don't believe in God. What is this life that you live and what do you get out? Well, let me tell you. And I told, I said, I want to share. I've never shared with you how I met Jesus. And I shared my testimony with him. He's just gobsmacked. He said, no wonder you serve him. Oh, my gosh. I would serve him if I saw him too. And I said, yes, but you're going to see him, Peter, because I'm releasing an anointing over this phone right now. Amen. And, And you know what he said to me? 
I think I would like to know about this God because your life is magnificent. <laughs> he watches me on Facebook. He watches our family. People are watching. Right. And they want to see the magnificent. They want to see the overcomers. They want to see you in the midst of, of what is proclaiming to be a recession. You're getting blessed. The camels are coming. God's declaring to you in this year, the camels are coming. The camels are coming. You will not enter into recession. The camels are coming. God is going to shock people around your life and your world. Your bank managers are going to scratch their heads. Callum and Emily bought their first home just before all this mess hit. Amen. But God's got your home and he gave it to you and he won't take it back. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so on returning with the wife and the servant and 10 camels laden with all these things, it says that Isaac was in the field. It says in Genesis 24, 63, he went out to the field one evening to what? Meditate. Meditate. It's when you're in those spaces, when you're in those times where you're just opening yourself up to God and suddenly you look up and you see the camels coming. You'll see the camels coming from the place of being in the spirit. You're going to see, and God will bless those who press into him in this day. He is not bringing the camels to the disobedient, I'm sorry. You may call on the name of Jesus, you may go to church every Sunday, but he is asking for more, and that's what Pastor Phil said this morning. He's asking us to grow up. He's asking us to be responsible with that which he's about to give us, because there is a purpose in the blessing. Amen? And that purpose is that we run to the hopeless and awaken hope in them. And how can we run to the hopeless and awaken hope if we're hopeless and, and have no hope? Somebody's got to be a light. Someone's got to show a way. Someone's got to step out and say, I trust in my God. And it's a time to press in like never before. It's a time, honestly, you know, there was a, a prophetic person, I think it was Bill Johnson, said recently, just made this statement on Facebook, I was just flicking through and it just went bang. I said, this is the worst time in history to be prayerless. And I just went, whoa, that convicted me big time. I went straight into my closet. <laughs> and I don't do it out of fear. It's not out of fear. It's not out of like, I'm going to miss God because the price has been paid through the blood of Jesus. Amen. But I don't want to miss what God is going to do on this earth. I want to be part of the forefront of what he's doing. Don't you, Helen, Kim? Don't you want to be there? Hey, Helen, 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 Helen. Amen. Don't you want to be there, young people? Don't you want to be there when your friends start asking you about God, when people start asking you, why are you so blessed? Why is your life so magnificent? Explain it to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's good. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, Genesis 24, 63, and as he looked up. It's time for us to look up. 
and stop looking down and stop being oppressed by the, the circumstances of this world. Amen? You know, I think it's the uh, Message Bible, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, and it says this, Arise from the depression and the prostration that circumstances have held you in. Arise and shine, for your light has come. Arise from the depression and the prostration that circumstances have held you in. Arise. It's time to fight back. It's time to stand up. It's time to know who you are in Christ. Let's have a look at that scripture. Let's read it together. I'm going to put it on the screen. Let's read it all together. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, a deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together they come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you will see and become radiant, like Rachel was this morning, radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land." The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come and they shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together. The rams of Nebioth shall minister to you and they shall ascend with acceptance on my altar and I will glorify the house of my glory." my glory. That's the very first thing God said to me at the beginning of 223 in the Gregorian calendar. This is the year of my glory. That's what he said to me. So let's just break this down quickly. Arise. Arise. First word we see in this, arise. I had a vision a couple of weeks ago in our prayer meeting and I saw many that were like sleeping beauty and asleep under a spell. And there was thorns and thistles and briars growing all over them. And then this king, this prince came and he had a sword. It's called the sword of truth. And he started to cut through all that was covering these people including us, amen, he's cutting through, he's cutting through, he's cutting through, he's cutting through, and he said the only thing that will awaken them out of this spell is the kiss from the prince. Jesus is coming, and he is pouring out so much love. I see the whole gay community coming to Christ. 
I see deliverance and healing and revelation coming to minds in gender-confused people. I see visitations and visions from God, where God is redeeming and awakening those under a spell. I see the church of Jesus Christ arising out of a slumber, out of lethargy, out of this dull place. You know, the last three years, it's almost like there's dull, it's dull, we're dull. We're still locked down in our hearts. We're still, we're still holding our breath. We've gone dull, and the Lord is coming to awaken sleeping beauty. Amen. Arise. And then it says, shine, for your light has come. And this is what I want to say. Your light has come. It's come. You don't have to go get it. The light has come to you. The light of the world came to you. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Amen? The light has come. You know, we are a reflection of the light. We are not the light. Is that true? So the law of reflection is like this. When the light hits an object it will reflect off that object exactly in the angle that it hits it. Right? So if the light's coming in this way and that object is positioned that way, boom, it reflects off that way. Right? That's the law of reflection. Light will reflect off an object by the same angle that it hits it. Okay? If the light hits in an angle, it will reflect at that angle. And if it hits directly, it will come off directly. Right? right? right. See, John 1, 6 to 8 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness or a reflection of that light. So we're witnesses to the light. Amen? And depending on the way that we're positioned ourselves will depend on the way that light will reflect off this object called me. If I'm hiding from God, the light will deflect off. If someone addresses me and wants to see Christ in me and I'm not quite square-shouldered to Christ, the light will deflect off and what won't hit them. But I want to say this. It's time for the church to square their shoulders to the light. Amen? So that the light reflects directly off us and directly hits Whatever is in front of that light. Oh, I heard you were a Christian. Boom. Watch her. She go. Boom. It's time to say and tell the truth. It's time to speak truth. Truth in love. There's so many people out there going rah, 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 and having rallies and placards and anti-abortion, anti-this and anti-that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But listen, where is the love? It's the kiss. 
It's the kiss of Jesus that's going to awaken them. It's the love that's in our eyes when the light reflects of us, that they actually see Jesus in my eyes. My eyes says that my eyes are the windows of my soul. And if I'm square-shouldered at someone who's bringing lies, and I reflect the light, the sword of the spirit of truth will cut through that through love. Suddenly this person feels loved. Suddenly I feel accepted. What is it about you? It's magnificent light. It's shining on every dark place in my life. It's exposing my heart. It's showing the pain that I had as a child, why I think the way I think. It's revealing the true identity of who I am. I heard this amazing testimony the other day. It was this transgender woman who became a man when she was a teenager. And she had lived her life as a man. And she got saved. Now we all go, oh, don't let them in the church. You know, like, you know, come on. So she goes to church as a transgender with her partner. And in church, she's pressing in, she's worshipping God, she's going. And then she's going home, she's going, God, I'm doing everything. Nothing seems to be hitting. What am I doing wrong? No bony, pointed old man had to, sinner, had to come near to her. She just, out of her the humility or his heart or her heart was just seeking, like, what am I doing wrong? Why aren't I feeling you? Why aren't I experiencing change? And she went into a vision. And in this vision, she saw a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And then she saw at their feet there was no children. There's no bloodline. Then she saw a man and a woman and a man and a woman, and she saw children. And she said, she heard the voice of God say, Satan is trying to cut off the bloodline. And there are children that are meant to be born that will never be born. And she went, bang. I'm not a man. I'm a woman. And I was meant to have children. And, I, and that my bloodline has been stolen from me. And she changed back to a woman. She left her partner. And she's preaching the gospel and she's doing deliverance on people right now that are in the same. She's got a Facebook page. She said, if, you want to, if you're gay or, or gender uh, confused, come see me. We'll deliver you. I mean, it's just God. Because they, God loves his people, like he loves people, right? He loves people. He loves people. He loves people. And we're going to have that light in our eyes. We've got to speak the truth in love. We've got to reflect the glory of God because it's his glory. It's his presence. It's his love that will change people, not you, not your big, thick black Bible either. Not, not the truth that you speak because if it isn't the truth of Jesus that he speaks, they'll never be set free because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Jesus comes to set the captive free through us. Amen? Amen? Oh gosh, here we go. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you is the next part. It's glory time. That's what I said before. Like never before, I'm telling you, if you haven't lived through a revival, which we have, 
Amen. We lived in a bona fide revival, documented bona fide revival. And there were times where the glory, the manifest presence of God, we, we kind of get used to just the normal presence of God, the omnipresence. I mean, a guy drinking a beer over a pub has as much omnipresence as the church sometimes. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's just God is everywhere, anywhere, all the time. Oh, yeah, I go and I just worship God under the tree. Well, well, that's fantastic. But the manifest presence of God is found in the house of God. When there's this corporate anointing and God comes in his glory and heaven is opened. That's why Satan has been trying to get people out of church. Shut the church down. Shut the church down. Shut their mouths. Shut their mouths. They're going to bring truth. Don't let them speak. Shut them. Get, get the, all the young adults. Get them out of the church. Because the next generation of church people, we want to destroy every one of them. Let them be offended at church. Let them think that the church is not significant. Let them think all these things. They're under a spell. But the glory of God comes when people are manifested together, when we're together, when we're together. The glory comes in the temple and it says that the priest can't even stand to do what, you know. Can you, I've seen days, I've seen times, I've been in times where I've stood up to preach and I can't even speak. And I just fall on my face weeping before God and the whole congregation is on their knees weeping before God and no one said a word. I've been in meetings like that. I've been in meetings where I'm stuck to the floor and the glory and the, and the presence of God is pushing me into the floor and I never want to get up because it's like God is all over me. It's like, this is where I want to live in this space. I've been in meetings like that. But I want to tell you this right now. Every revival that's ever happened on the earth, and God, look, revival's a bit of a dirty word to some people. It's like, meh, revival, meh, because some people have had bad taste in their mouths. Because when a revival happens, you'll get, you'll get three things manifest. The spirit, the flesh, and the demonic. They're all going to manifest. But you've got to know how to pastor that. Amen? But I'm telling you right now, all the revivals that have ever been on the earth, I'm reading a book right now on the history of revival in Australia. We've had so far more than 19 bona fide revivals since the, since the colonisation of our nation. That's not going back to the Indigenous people and the, and the manifestations that they had before we even got here. Amen. 19, we think, you think that we're a prayerless, godless society. We've had 19 bona fide revivals and there are more. But every one of those is accumulating right now in this current year where we're going to see God move in a way that none of us have ever seen. I'm talking worldwide. Every prophet you speak to across this earth is preparing themselves for a glory outpouring. Amen? And it's not in the distant future. It has begun. It has begun. We're going to see people come into churches, even on streets, be healed, delivered, set free, Repent, fall on their knees, no longer 10 hours of counseling, boom, you're set free, amen? Hallelujah, by the Spirit of God, he's coming to deliver people, set people free, and that glory is going to be manifest across the earth, and I'm just really hungry for it. Yes, yeah, so am I, Stephen, I mean, woo, come on. And then it says, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over the peoples of the earth. Well, we can see that. That's pretty obvious. That's pretty obvious. And as I said before, 
Why does God allow that to happen? To awaken people, to let people know that there's dark, there's light. There's no grey right now. You might want to see that. Satan is coming out in full colour, rainbow colours. You know what I'm saying? It's not even the proper colours of the rainbow. He's even forfeited the colours of the rainbow. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's right. But right now, in this space, right now, God is going to bring us in the midst of darkness as a great light. A great light. And he's turning up that light right now on you, Clayton. Clayton, come here quick. Come here quick. Come here. Come here. Hallelujah. Someone just stand. I just wanted to anoint a few people with oil this morning as well in the process. And you've jumped the queue. I can't get the oil open. See if you can get that open for me, Steve, with your big, strong muscles. See, there's glory, there's glory on him. What's going on? I don't know. God just went on him, and I looked over, and there was glory all over this man. And he has carried the glory in the past, and God is restoring it in Jesus' name. Yeah, and there it is. It's all over. Why does he look hot? Why is he all red in the face and sweating? Because there's fire in the glory. It's refining fire. There's a refining fire in the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's God, what God wants. He's just looking for hungry people. He's looking for hungry people. And if you're hungry, he'll pinpoint you and he'll pull you out and he'll anoint you with fresh oil. Mary, stand up. I know you're hungry. I know that. I'm not even finished preaching. How dare you interrupt my preach? But stand there in Jesus. There it is. See, it's just all over her. Now, it's not about the man or the woman of God. I don't, I'm not carrying something. Well, I am. But the thing is, it's coming from heaven, right? Right? It's just coming, look at it, it's just coming on her right now. So here it comes. I'm not touching her, nothing. It's just coming on her right now. It's coming from the top of, I can see it. It's like oil, fresh oil. And the Lord said to me this morning, Mary, that he is anointing you with fresh oil. There's a fresh, it's like a lubrication. Amen? A lubrication. He's lubricating your whole body. He's making the cogs turn again. Amen? Of the prophetic anointing in your life. The cogs are beginning to turn again in the prophetic anointing. Where the enemy came along and he took your oil and he dried it up and the cogs couldn't turn. Well, God is turning the cogs. Yes, again, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's good. Oh, I love that oil. Mm, 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 mm. Just stay under the anointing. Well, they can't do anything else anyway because they're stuck now. Yes. Now, it says this in our last few minutes, and I've got about half an hour of sermon to go, but it doesn't matter because God's here, amen? Is God here? Come here, Chloe. Chloe, God's all over you. Come on, come. You know it, darling. You know God's all over you. I can see it. There came a light right down over you like that. Come forward. Lift up your hands. God is all over you. Close your eyes. God, God, use her for your glory. God, use her. You're not overlooked, Chloe. God doesn't overlook you. He sees you and he's going to use every part of your personality that's been crafted by God 
He's going to use you. He's going to use that mind. He's going to use your heart. He's going to use your love in Jesus' name for a generation. I'm going to try and preach and see how we go. Shuma, shama. Come on, Christine. Come on. Come on. Come on. Joy, joy, joy. I just see joy. The Lord says he's going to restore your joy. Amen. He's, re- he's restoring your joy. Amen. Hallelujah. He's taking off the garment. All that oppression that's been over you, all that you've carried. You know, you came into this church like so weary, so tired with all that you were carrying. And the Lord has been slowly reviving you and refreshing you. But today he's saying this to you. That's what he said. Amen. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Filled with the Spirit of God. Come on, Jeff. We better make you a couple. Oh. That's not right. Yeah, there he is. It's done already. It's gone already. Now, you've got to understand, these are normal people. They haven't been in this type of anointing for a long time, some of these people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, these are the children of God, and God is anointing them and marking them for the days that we live in. And the same as you, son, I see you rising up with a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. And God has called you to be one that would protect the pastors in the church. There's something in your heart that you just feel like, I need to protect these men and this woman of God. I I feel like you're a Jonathan almost. You're going to come alongside, and you're going to exhort what God is doing in the house of God. But there's manhood inside of you. There's a man inside of you that says, man, they got to get through me to get to my pastors. I feel like God's given you that kind of anointing. Amen. So we anoint you. Jesus name. Jesus name. And so if you're new to this type of thing and say, well, why are people falling down and why do we need to fall down? Well, this is it. If, If you're going in to do surgery, some of you had surgery recently, right? And just say you went in to have surgery, say, look, I don't want to lay down, and I definitely don't want anaesthetic. Just do it. Just do whatever you need to do, and uh, I'll just stand here and receive it, Uh, but um, I don't want anaesthetic. I don't want to lay down, because I don't believe in lying down for surgery. So... Anyway, it says that when when you're in the presence of God, you know, I dare you to be able to stand, actually. I dare, you know, oh, she's pushing them over. Well, I don't really desperately need your approval that much that I would even try that trick. Um, I'm pretty happy with God ministering to people. Amen. Okay. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawning, the brightness of your rising. This is when we're going to say, okay, we're, we're now we have something on us. And kings are going to recognize it. I mean, people in authority are going to recognize it. And I I won't go into it now, but the queen of Sheba, you know, she went and she heard what Solomon was building and what he was doing. The magnificence of Solomon and his wisdom. And she loaded up all these camels, a whole caravan of camels. They said with spices that the world has never seen the expense of that again since that time. And he looked up, Solomon from what he was doing in God. And it says the camels were coming. Right. The camels were coming. The camels were coming for provision 
to honor and bless the house of God, but she was also coming to see who this man was. What is it about your life, Tim Lowe? Why do you always get blessed? Why do you always handle so much money? Why do men run to you that need to put their money somewhere? What is it about you? Because you have that wisdom of Solomon. Come on, stand, Tim. You have that wisdom of Solomon. Amen? Come in here. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You see there's a new season. There's a new season in God. Hallelujah. And God is drawing you in. He's drawing you in. He's drawing you in by his spirit. It's like he's got a hook in your heart and he's reeling you in. He's reeling you in because God is going to fill you for a new season and a new day. And there are those that are bringing provision for the house of God. And they're going to come and look at you and they're going to say, who are you? And what is your wisdom? And they will not only be blown away by it, but we see in the scriptures that Sheba said, glory to your God. She believed in God through Solomon's witness of the excellence of the kingdom of God in him. And Tim, I anoint you for a fresh day, for a fresh anointing. Lord, I thank you that between Tim and you, there comes an intimate space where you feel it, God. I thank you for a portal that's opening up over them right now. A heavenly portal that's opening up over them. Where there is, you see greater things than this. I said it to you the other day, that word he said to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, you think this is amazing that I saw you under that tree? But you'll see greater things than this. You'll see angels ascending and descending upon the very Son of Man. And God is bringing you into a portal. And it's a portal where heaven and earth meet, where angels are ascending and descending. And in that portal, you're going to take that wherever you go. You say, what is it about you, Jules, when you pray for me, when you pray for other people? You know, there's encounters that people have. It's because I carry a portal. And you're going to carry a portal with you. It's an opening of heaven that opens over you. And wherever you go... And people come near you, they're going to enter into that portal. And they're going to enter into a space of encounter. You'll carry encounters with you. But to carry encounter, you've got to be the encounter. And so, Lord, we just surrender this season of his life into your mighty hand in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that you continue to soak in the very presence of God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want to quickly go through these last few points. Kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Mass harvest, rich, poor, rulers, kings. You're going to be amazed. Even those that are sitting in the street as beggars are going to witness to kings. I see it happening in Jesus' name. Lift up your eyes all around and see you all gathered together. They come to you. Open your eyes. Just go this. Open our eyes, Lord. Come on, say that. Now, put your hands like this. Look up. Open our eyes, Lord, to see the possibilities. Open our eyes to see the possibilities. Hallelujah. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be nursed by your side. This is the young adults coming back to the house of God. Take that. Take that. Take that. Tom, take it. Take it. Joe, Michaela, 
take care. This is not the church, the church being lost of young adults. This is the young, and you guys are a light that will bring the harvest back into the house of God. Amen? You three, come out here. You three. Come on, quick. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Just turn that up just a little bit. Thanks, Nathan, for being so um, honouring of me, wherever. You just go like this. You guys are, are, the, are, the, are the door. You know, if every door gets shut to these young adults and we just shut the door on them and go, oh, well, you know, people are leaving. We don't have leaders and this isn't happening. You know what? You guys are the ones. You've got to rise up. You've got to take your position, amen? You've been trained for this day and this hour. In Jesus' name. Father, fill him. Fill him in Jesus' name. Fill Michaela. Fill her, Jesus. Fill her with your whole. Fill Joe. Fill Joe with your Holy Spirit. Yes, Joe. Yes. The anointing is on you, young people. And I tell you, it's the beginning of harvest right there. Right there, it's the beginning of harvest. Amen. It's the beginning of harvest. Last week, we prayed over the young people, you know, the, the youth. God's going to use these young people so mightily. Your sons and daughters, those of you who have sons and daughters that are not with Jesus, put your hands up. Put your hands up right now. Stand to your feet. In the name of Jesus, we claim every son and every daughter back into the house of God or into the house of God for the first time. We break off their lives, this sleepiness, this spell in the name of Jesus. We awaken them to the kiss of the Lord in the name of Jesus. And we declare that we will fight for them and they will come back into the house of God. Not one will be lost in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And all the saints say, Amen. Start to pray for your kids really fiercely. Amen. I'm seeing change in young people. I'm seeing change in young But you need to stand as a light and begin to stand in the gap and say, it's enough, Satan. I, I'm not going to tolerate that. You've stolen my children. You've stolen too much from me. Okay, so the abundance of the wealth, and it says, and then you will see and be radiant, your heart will swell with joy, the abundance of the sea will be brought to you, the wealth of the Gentiles or the world system, the wealth of the world system will be brought to you, amen, and a multitude of camels will cover your land, amen, may it be the year of the sound of the camels, you know, sometimes we just we just think, we'll just wait for the blessing. God's going to come. The camels are coming. I'll just sit here and wait for the camels. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you've got to go out and get them. Sometimes you've got to get off your rusty dusty and start to fight back. Hey, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Because one of the other two words God is speaking this year is recompense. Recompense, which means make amends to someone for loss or harm suffered or compensate. Offenders should recompense their victims. It's time to say to the devil, I want it back. And I want it back with interest. I want my kids back. I want my money back. I want my health back. I want my life back. I want my passion back. I want my finances back. I want, I want it all back. Hallelujah. And we look at David's example of recovering all that had been stolen. And we, I won't go through the whole thing, but David comes back from a trip with his men and he realized that everything's been stolen. Their wives, their children, all their goods, it's been stolen. All the men go into depression. 
and they all start blaming David. It's your fault, your fault. And they all go into this whole place. But David inquires of the Lord. David, it's time for you to inquire of the Lord. And say, okay, these bad things have happened. We've been in COVID three years. All these things have happened in our world. Recession is coming, but I'm going to inquire of the Lord. And what does the Lord say? Go. Go and get it all back. And everything will be recovered to you. Amen. And David goes with his men and he goes. And it says in the word of God, 1 Samuel 30 verse 8, and David recovered all. Not some, all. The sign that God is with, was with his people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament was that they prospered, they were protected. Amen. Do you know if you were in the Old Testament and, and, and God was in, and Israel was in the right place with God? Talk about spiritual alignment. Israel was in a right place with God. They would say, don't go near them. Don't touch them. Their God is with them. And they would prosper. And they would be blessed. And their shoes wouldn't wear out. And they were blessed. That's how we are right now. God is going to shine a light on us people. And people are going to say, not, 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 not go near them. Because we want them to come near us. But don't touch them. Don't rubbish the church. Don't speak bad about the church because I'm telling you this. He's going to bring the camels. He's going to bring the spoils back to us. But it's us believing what God has said. So what do I have to do to receive this? Not just sit on your rusty dusty, but you have to position yourself. You have to square those shoulders off and squarely look into the face of your father. And say, Father, I come into alignment with you and everything you have for me, God. I want it. I want that light to reflect off me. Straight off me. I want my eyes to have so much love in them that it melts the heart and sin around me. I want to find my first love again. I want to come into that space again where I feel like you're there in every moment of my life. Position yourself for favour. Allow deeper relationship. He wants to go deeper than you've ever gone before. You think that you've been in spaces where you felt God and it was just so deep. I've been in places where God's been there and I can't even breathe. It's just so thick. He says, that's just a taste. That's just a taste of what's to come. That's just a taste. If my people will seek my face, if my people will seek my face, amen, then I will turn and I will bless their land. I'll heal their land. Number three, open your eyes and ears to spiritual things. It's time to tune in. It's time to tune out of Netflix. Tune in to God. How much time? Oh, I haven't got time to pray. Well, how much time do you watch Netflix a week? Honestly. How many hours do you spend flicking through your Facebook or your or social media? How many hours? Look at it. You can look on your phone now and see how many hours you've been on that thing. And then you turn around to God and say, I haven't got time to pray. Even mums that are so busy, you know what I mean? When I was mum with young kids, I'd just have worship music playing on in the house all day. Well, I still do. Still do. So you know, keep the presence. You know, and I'd be praying in tongues, hanging clothes on the line. 
I'd come in and my kids are fighting, I'd lay hands on them. Gemma, Gemma, my youngest, she even used to, Gemma, my youngest, she even used to slay the dog in the Holy Spirit, and that's no joke. She trained her dog. She, she would get him up on his hind legs and she'd say, filled, and he would go with his tongue. And he'd lay there with his tongue out until she said, okay, get up, we're going to do that again. And filled. The dog knew how to be anointed. Why are all my kids in ministry today? Huh? Because we kept that we kept that space where God lived continuously in our lives. Play worship music through your homes. Even when you're not listening to it, just keep it down low and just let it waft, let it the atmosphere, you change atmospheres through worship, amen. Tune in, tune in. Number four, adore him until you are undone. When's the last time you just were in adoration to him until you were just completely undone? I don't know, I was just listening to a song yesterday. And I mean, you listen to songs, it's like you're singing along and you're worshipping and you're praying. And all of a sudden, they might just go one word and you just go, <laughs> anybody ever do that? And I just go, I'm undone. And then I just repeat that chorus, repeat that chorus, repeat that chorus. So I want to stay undone. I think the word was that... Um, I've seen you, I've seen, I've seen you and I've beheld your glory and I'm ruined. And I just went, oh my God. And I just put that on repeat. I've seen you, I've beheld your glory and I'm ruined. <laughs> I've seen you, I've beheld your glory, I'm ruined. I've seen you, I've beheld you, I'm ruined. Oh God. You know, and I just stay there. You've got to know how to tune in to the moments, you know, and just soak him up. And the last one was five, receive a fresh oil anointing. You know, sometimes when you're just stuck yourself, you just need someone to lay hands on you. I often go to our team or, you know, over the years, or go to Katrina and Fleur and say, come girls, have a night. Pray for me, I'm stuck. Pray for me, I'm depressed. Pray for me, I'm oppressed. Pray for me, I can't feel God around me. And they would lay hands on me and they would pray over me and God would take me through a journey with them and I'd, you go, yes, I'm on fire again. And then, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you just, the Bible says, go to one another. Speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sounds like revival to me. Yes. Sounds like revival to me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Yes. Worship team, come. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Now look, it's 11.19 and, you know, we've gone a bit over time. Well, four minutes. We're four minutes over time, Terry. Sack me. I am. But you know what? I just want to, while the, while the team are just singing over you, I just want to open this altar. Now, if you need to go, you can, but the kids are in kids' church till 11.30. So unless you're really passionate about being with your children right now, <laughs> you can either have 10 minutes of soaking on the altar or you can have 10 minutes of having a cup of coffee or tea. It's up to you. But we're just going to open this up. I'm going to close the meeting because... You know, if you don't want prayer this morning, you're crazy. But if you don't want prayer this morning, because I feel like there's a real anointing 
That's what the Lord said. There's a fresh oil. That's why I bought my own anointing oil from my personal anointing oil from home because there's an anointing here today for a real impartation of God. So as they begin to sing over us, you choose which way you want to go. No judgment, not looking. You know, if you want, if you need to go, you go. But if you want to come, or if you just want to stay in your seat and just keep worshiping God, you know. Well, there's everything, Phil. There's everything. Many years ago, I was in a vision. We were away on holidays, and there's been a few times where I've actually been taken in my body into into the throne of God, in my own body, in my own clothes. It's not a nice feeling because you just know that you're not worthy to be in that place yet. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not being glorified yet. But this particular day we were, we were at, uh, on holidays and the Lord said to me, come and shut the door. I said to Phil, and he knows when I'm like this, watch the kids, the kids were little. Watch the kids, I'm going in and shutting the door, I'm locking it because I knew God wanted to do something in my life. The next minute, I'm standing, like I sat down to pray, and the next minute, boom, I'm out of my body, and I'm standing in the throne of God, and there before me is the Father, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. I can't see the Father's face. It's shaded in light. Amen. There's angels all around the throne. There's saints beyond number. I can't even see. And I'm standing there in my, in my camping clothes. And God... God looks down at me and I feel so not worthy of being in there. And he says, I brought you here today because I have something for you. And he picked up a scepter. And I thought I was going to be like Esther, like I was going to be given the scepter to come into the presence of God. And he just smiled at me and he looked at Jesus and they laughed together. Oh, she doesn't understand what we're doing here. He said, no, this is for you. And I said, me? He goes, yeah, this scepter is for you. And I took the scepter and I fell on my face crying. And the next minute I was in a vision and I was in our church. And I was standing and I was preaching the word of God. And I was saying, if you want to be healed, if you want to be delivered, if you want to be filled with God, come now. And people started to come out, but they didn't see me. And it was like there was this invisible, invisible screen between that realm in God's realm, that throne room realm. And as they walked out, they walked straight past me. And as soon as they passed into that realm, they were healed, saved and delivered. And I did nothing. And he said, that's what happens when you hold that scepter out. And I believe that we are entering to your time right now where that is exactly what is happening. So those of you who want to come, come and walk through that invisible realm Beyond the person, the human being, it's nothing to do with people anymore. Just come right forward, right forward, just right forward, right forward. Yes, I will lay hands on you, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you there's an anointing. There's such an anointing in this place. Holy God, holy God, holy God, holy God, holy God, holy God. Make sure there's space behind just this first row. Just go for it when you do. She's a yada 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 yada
Oh, yes, we are.